Everybody, hey, yeah, we back. Rock your body. All right, all right. Welcome back, you guys, and I thank you for sticking with us for so hey, long. Hey, for real, because that was an extendo break out of nowhere. But we here, oh, we, we here, air horns, air horns. Such Welcome back, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, Afro movie review, the podcast. Um, after a very extended break, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, the voice that you're hearing right now is Moshi, her pronouns, Afro movie reviewer, the chocolate chip podcaster. And I am Keith, they them pronouns, Afro movie reviewer, your favorite trans podcaster. What episode are we on? We are on season five, episode 54, I believe. Yeah, we've been doing it, y'all. Um, this could be 55. I don't know. The count is off. We'll get to that. Uh, we're not even going to make no excuses. We've been on a break. We're no, we're no longer breaking and we have a new format. So we're going to get into the format. I mean, we're going to get into the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the movie of this episode is The Wiz. Yes. I'm very excited for this. It's the Black Wizard of Oz. It is. It is. And like, there's so much that goes into that. Like, I'm very excited. Um, I love it. So, so let's hop on into it. So the year is 1978. Picture it with us. Uh, we'll rock, paper, scissors to see who does the history reel. Yeah. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Gay? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I won. All right. Uh, so I am going to go real quick. Uh, February 12th, 1978, Jesus Christ Superstar closes at Longacre Theater in New York City after 96 performances. That's not what I thought you were going to say. I was like, why are we started with Jesus Christ? But <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar. Really? I think that's very cool. Yeah. So Jesus Christ Superstar is loosely based on the gospel accounts of the passion. Uh, the work interprets the psychology of Jesus Christ and other characters. And the plot is centered on Judas who is dissatisfied with the direction that Jesus is steering his disciples. This show premiered on Broadway in 1971, and by 1980, it had grossed more than $237 million worldwide. Ooh, in 1978? Big money, they like it. Okay? I'm going to watch it, though. I've heard very good things about it. So have I. And, like, I remember they did a a remake of it. It was on TV. Um, shout out to Nicole for mentioning that. Cause I did watch that at the time, but then also I remember watching like an old school version of it just cause I was cracking up at the name. Cause that's a funny name. It is. So yeah. First fact. What you got? <laughs> so from February to March, we don't really have a, it was early March, either first or second. Charlie Chaplin's remains are stolen from Switzerland. And that's oh just wild. <laughs> just, I wow. know people be robbing graves, but like, 
Need to go do that. Look. And we talked about Charlie Chaplin in uh, season one, episode five. Check that out. But the way they did, not only did you steal my husband's remains, but then you demand 600000 from me. Uh, yo, husband. All right, now. A claim but, for Charlie Chaplin. The way his widow was like, bitch, I ain't oh. paying that in Charlie. No, I'm not sorry. me. I, I was like, damn, bitch. I don't know that nigga. I don't know that nigga. Uh, <laughs> but no, That's what the shocked way- me. Now, the way her widow was like, I'd be damned if I pay that in Charlie. Think I'm ridiculous if I pay that shit too. You out your mind. Um that nigga about it in. I lived him, I loved him in life. Look, but though what's funny about it is that they found it like not even like a mile and a half away from where they kidnapped it at. Oh wow. And then they just reburied his body with like concrete over it so that folks wouldn't steal it. I was like, that's fucked up though. <laughs> yeah, they had to start doing that, and it was that was a thing before because grave diggers are are popular, and not because they wanted the actual body, but because people used to be buried with like their valuables. So yes. if you were broke, that was absolutely a job. But like, who want to carry a stinking ass body and hold it ransom? Uh, just that just the bad juju of like digging up somebody's alone. Look, I just I couldn't. It couldn't that be supposed me. to be their final resting place. Here you go, disturbing it on some bullshit. It? Uh-uh. Not me. Uh-uh. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, my second fact is January 1st, Alex Bradford, Vanette Carroll, and Mickey Grant's musical Your Arms Too Your Arms Too Short to Box with God closes at the Lyceum Theater in New York City after 429 performances and one Tony Award. Damn. I've never even heard of this play. Uh, baby because you heard me say that uh jesus cross jesus christ superstar did 96 performances yeah yeah so um your arms too short to box with god is by vanette carroll american playwright stage director and actress she is the first african-american woman to direct on broadway uh she had a couple of other things she has been she just was revived twice on Broadway with that specific film they did the and she did all kinds of other stuff she had a play that Al Green appeared in Patti LaBelle appeared appeared in she did a lot um as far as like her works and so because she black woman name I never heard 429 performances if we doing reboots bring back your arms too short to box with God because I want to know what the fuck that's about I'm gonna say it sounds like it's a good it sounds like, like it's like real black really, too. It sounds like it's real black too, and I really want to just a little revival, you know, get the youngsters yeah. into the theater. Especially with something we that I don't know if nobody, but I've never heard of it. So exactly, but then right. maybe it might be a thing with like rights and stuff. Because if she's still alive, or possibly, um, I'm sorry, I didn't look. I oh, was no, trying to keep sorry. it short. I'm sorry. No, no, that is all on me. But yeah, bring that back. Bring it back. My second fact is November 26th, the Star Canopus commercial diving accident. So, you know, I'm playing with the ocean, right? So, right. <laughs> these are Healthy respect. <laughs> these are niggas that get paid big money, though. They get paid big money to go like underground, drill, and put down pipes for like bridges or like oil companies and stuff like that. But they got to be like, hundreds underneath the sea and they mm-hmm. have to like live there because apparently of like the pressure 
you have to depressurize. I think it's like for every day that you're under, I think it's like a day and a half mm. that you have to be. Pre- Look, I said, excuse me, but um, this accident happened where it's a little bell that they have to like go down into. And apparently like there was this other shipping company next to them and it was like high winds and one of them got caught into something and it was just a very unfortunate accident, but they ended up getting in that bell and they couldn't bring it in before the high wind started and it dropped 294 feet. And surprisingly the divers survived, but they ended up dying because of like the internal temperature, because of everything that happened, the internal temperature of the bell was dropping. There was no hot water supply. So basically like hypothermia. Mm. So it was just wild. Um, Selfish note. I'm glad you told me some shit like that. Cause you remember when I decided I was about to quit working in this job, like not the podcast job, but my job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm about to be a welder. And then I started looking into underwater welding. Cause then motherfuckers make big money. They make big money, but also they could they deserve. They do. You can have and it. You can have it. And also, um, healthy respect of the ocean. I told you about my free my free swimming in the ocean experience. Not for me. Not your girl. I mean, they give you <laughs> oxygen and stuff, but like I hold you- my breath naturally, and it turns out that if you hold your breath when you have an oxygen oxygen tank, your lungs will explode, nigga. Not for me. Right. It's just all kinds of shit they got to go through to be in this job. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Wild, right? <laughs> Wild. Um, okay, so my final fact is January 20th, Columbia Pictures pays $9.5 million for the movie rights to the play Annie. <gasps> right? I love Annie. Oh my God. They pay how much? <laughs> $9.5 million in 1978. Where are y'all getting this fucking money? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Columbia Pictures, yeah, but like, and my, mostly racism, but like. Probably slave labor or some shit. Like, but, you know, but let's. Yeah, damn. So, okay, so Annie is based on the 1924 comic strip Little Orphan Annie by uh, Harold Gray. The original Broadway production opened in 1977 these niggas paid for it in 1978 they already knew what the fuck was going on the broadway production ran for six years it won seven tony awards including best musical for tomorrow and it's a hard knock life which to me i kind of was like okay all right because i now i have a reference of your arms too short to box with god mm-hmm. and 429 performances <laughs> But the money that Columbia paid for that a year after it after it uh dropped on on Broadway is crazy. Nine point five mil. They said this is going somewhere. And, okay. the, and the way it has been revived, like I think and I've probably seen, always through Columbia. Probably always through. Oh my God! I really want to look that up now because what the fuck. We should do um, a, a season just based on, because before it was popular for the director to be like a, a household name, it was the studio. So like Columbia Pictures or Paramount or whatever, they would give it to you and you didn't know who directed you. You just knew if this was a Paramount film, oh, it's going to be good. If it's Touchstone, it's about to be popping. So we should do a season that's like dedicated to a couple of 
like giving studios studios trying to see what the best was from the studios and then judge the fuck out of them for that and it definitely fucking was because columbia picture said i bought that shit in 1977 i'll be damned all these years (laughs) the way they banked off that that's smart as fuck and did (laughs) (laughs) so my last fact is a little sad my last fact is um, September 23rd, California Angels outsider Lyman Wesley Bostock Jr. is shot to death after visiting friends in Gary, Indiana. Oh, wow. Right. So he had a game in a park and he actually was there to visit his uncle. And he had a girl that he used to tutor and he wanted to go check on her and, you know, make sure she was all right and everything. And her sister was having problems with her boyfriend. Her sister's name, Barbara. The girl's name is like. We're going to call her Jolene because I can't see this this screen right now. So, okay. um, <laughs> But they were driving somewhere and it was like the uncle and the person that he tutored, Jolene, and then him and Barbara got in the backseat. And Barbara's husband was watching and like stalking her because they were estranged. And the way he, he assumed, he was like, oh, they got in the backseat together. They must be having an affair. So mm-hmm. pulled up at a stoplight. He pulled up right beside them. He had a, was it a 14 caliber shotgun? And just bang. He was aiming for Barbara, but he ended up hitting Lyman. And Barbara got away with um, some pellet wounds to the face. Wow. And he actually uh, claimed insanity. So they sent him to a psychiatric uh, hospital where he got out wow. seven months later when he was no longer deemed insane. But with that, they, because this happened in Indiana, they ended up changing the laws because of him saying that if, okay. if you had an insanity law, after you are found to be no longer insane, you will have to stand for like what you did. Okay. You and yeah. the dude who ended up dying at a very old age from natural causes, right? Damn, because they always live long, don't they? Assholes. Wow. Well, he's with Ooh. Reagan. He's with Reagan now, so. Aims down. <laughs> Aims down. <laughs> Wild. All right. Well, that was the history. Look, we did that too. Less yeah, than real quick. Minutes. Time, time. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into the movie. That's so, the plug. Oh, yes, us, yes. It's the plug. And this is right. Okay, <laughs> the plug for this episode is us. The plug for this episode is us coming back. Uh, quick update. We went to see Beyonce. Oh, my God. The the view I had the before the way we won the the mute challenge like everything oh about that was night one night we won I literally was tucking I was tucking my uh my hair wrap behind my ear baby because stunt on the rest of y'all she ain't tell nobody else they won she look uh, one of my friends <laughs> asked me like are you a fan now are you a stan and i was like well i was a fan like i'm i I can be a fan of hers i just wasn't i don't think i was ever going to be a stan because i know what the term came from 
Um, but he was like, okay, well, are you like a fan the way other people are a fan now? And I was like, no, I haven't been to enough shows. Like I need to do it again. <laughs> I need to know. experience that again. The way me and my cousin was like, let's go to Houston because Megan Back- Stallion is <laughs> I was like, when is she going to be in Vegas? I literally was like, when is she going to go to Vegas? I want to go. Like, I have been, I have been having withdrawals since then. I cannot run Renaissance back. Amazing. I can't play the album again yet because it makes me feel like, damn, I'm not at the concert. I'm not getting hype about going to the concert. I've now been to the concert. concert. And it just feels like. You I know, want it again. I want to do it again. I want it again. A million and now, times again. And now I understand why people were like, oh, you fake half fans who this is your first concert. Because I was in there tripping the fuck out from the nosebleeds. Like, I was in there having my, I got my life together in there. I had a blast. It was a show, right? But there were people next to me. And I knew, I knew every word to every song that was saying Renaissance or other songs. Um, just because they were some, they were, I don't know all of the ballads, but they were more popular ballads, right? Mm-hmm. There, were, I was surrounded by some people who some of them did not know nothing but, but two or three Renaissance songs. And I mean, two or three Renaissance songs. Well, the way, so I went with my cousin and my aunt and my mom, me and my cousin sat together. Those seats were beautiful, beautiful. Oh my God. Uh, throughout the whole show, I was just my mouth awe. Just amazing. A game. Um, okay. But my my uh aunt and my mom did not listen to the album. They was How just did going they feel about it. They said they came for Blue Ivy and when Blue Ivy was done, they was gone. And I was like, I feel that because I also would like the I also you one of the so reasons funny. I came to see Babe the Blue. So So me and Babe went, um and she honestly, she was like, I cannot wait to see Blue. Like, but she is, she is a Beyonce fan where it doesn't matter what song Beyonce cut on. She probably would have been singing, you know, singing along within four seconds of chords. Just, she knows, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? She's a fan. I wanted to be able to experience that with her. So that was wonderful. But when Blue came out, Babe lost her fucking mind. It was so amazing. I'm so glad I didn't listen to the internet. Cause they was like, Blue's not going to come. Very glad I didn't think she, she was going to come because school started, but this is also it was Friday. Like, and I said that too. I was like, Beyonce is <laughs> Friday. Let that baby come see us. But Look. it was very cool to see this, like the baby that she revealed doing love on top during whatever MTV awards out and there for- dancing like that. Like that baby is hitting it and performing. She really is Solange's niece. Well, she's Beyonce's daughter before she, she is Solange's way- niece because the, the way, way she, she- dances. The that's way she large. looks just like Beyonce, though, oh, face, when she dances. Like, oh, oh my expression. Look, that's all her mama. <laughs> right. That's her mama. mama. But then, bitch, them, them boom cows, that's her Oh, auntie. yeah, she's definitely getting that's her and auntie. I, it was joyful. It was amazing. So I it was, it oh, was, God. I would recommend, I would, and if you, if you, are not a fan, I would say go just because when are you going to see somebody perform with that type of um, professional intensity? She is, even with her having fun and like being looser on this album, nigga, the the show is showing. She is two hours and about 41, 47 minutes of I'm just I damn near three hours. Because the way she was... No, <laughs> 
Ain't no openers. Ain't no closers. And she did a damn good job of opening. That was Flaws and all, one plus one, dangerously in love. Girl. Girl. Oh, the mixings, the just the old songs, the new songs, the vocals, the fact that she sounds so she's good so singing loud. songs that are like she's so loud, nigga. She ain't no whisper singer. This nigga is blowing. Look, I was. She need that I, do she need it? Cause we shut the fuck up. We would have heard her. It was Keeks. That was fun. And you know what? I again, I understand why people are like, "How you weren't a fan beforehand?" I don't get it. Life was beating my ass before, and I was hearing her radio stuff and an occasional deep cut. But I wasn't pausing and buying music. I wasn't pausing and listening to her music like that because there was. I think I needed to have a reconnection to music like that. It was fun to see people's creativity, how they dressed up. Oh, definitely. I love how it. they presented. Um, everybody got into club renaissance oh my god i wore gold because i knew a lot of people were wearing silver and now this this nigga has requested that people wear silver for her um have you seen it for the last couple shows on the run definitely wore gold because i was like everybody's wearing silver and i'm more of a gold bitch anyway so i'm a gold i you know i said i probably could but everybody buying silver and they were shooting the price up Mm. interesting wild time because she has gold outfits she has pink outfits she has she has everything so i don't because i I saw people in purple metallic i saw people in green metallic it It was was wonderful oh but i saw a thing that said that she is doing a nod to patty labelle and little bells who did they during one of their concerts asked people to wear silver with them because they went through that very afrofuturistic phase and uh, they wanted it to be like silver was a black white and then like a shine together so they wanted it to be that they were coming to the concert to see the little bells the little bells are coming to perform for them everybody's experiencing each other and uh, beyonce said she just want everybody to be a disco and shine bright and it's her birthday so get that lady what she wants it's her birthday and we're not going to give her show. God damn. But you know what? That's okay. That's it all right. Is. That's all I'm, right. But what? I'm glad that I experienced this period of Beyonce because after going to this show, it made me think. I was like, oh, there are certain errors of artistry that I have missed out on. Like Janae, Janelle Monet, I would have loved to uh been there for her Arc Android era. She's now in her Angel Pleasure era. So I was literally talking about Janelle Monet's Arc uh Angel pl- era and their uh It's the plug. Sorry, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> and their computer their computer era, um I think it was the one the dirty, the dirty computer, computer era, the one after yes. like that was a, a fun time. That's the one when they came out. It was like, yeah. I'm but gay. you know, on the low, on the low, on the Archangel one, it was some and they wasn't like Blat. If he was listening, you might have caught a cap, like a, a ear peak, eyebrow raise. What you say now? But if you know was... why you did the plug? Why? Because we was about to do us. Oh. <laughs> like and then you said, wrap it up, B. No, I didn't do it purposefully. <laughs> you didn't, subconsciously. But no, what were you going to say? Finish your thought, babe. Oh, I forgot. So it's okay. No, you I forgot gonna, what you I started about with. Oh, um, just certain artists that I was fans of that, like, I would never be able to experience 
that era in their life. So I'm glad I experienced the Renaissance era with Beyonce because I don't think in real time. In real time, because I'm looking, yeah. I'm thinking, and I'm like, is there any other album I would have wanted to experience as much as I wanted to experience this one? And honestly, I really love this album compared to like Four, Lemonade, her self-titled. Like, I'm sorry, this album is that. Bitch. This <laughs> album really did something for me. This album made me interested. It it made every. I feel like it's gonna make people step up their album making because you. She did give you a full experience. She gave you a full concept. It was a complete project. And when she kept saying we are the visuals, legit people turned the fuck up. And we like just going onto her website or going onto um, seeing social media after the concert, like the day after and seeing people's posts, the creativity that she brought out, the ingenuity that she brought out, people were making their own outfits, things that I've never seen. Those chest plates, those baby, I had titties out. Look, She brought titties out of me. It was so, so it was great. We're the plug. Beyonce's the plug. Yeah, she really yes. rejuvenated my heart. She did. Yes. I I think maybe I was not like anything was going on other than life in a capitalistic country as a black queer, um, <clears throat> and I needed to be boosted. And the the album did it for me, but the concert did it for me in a in a real way. So I guess to Indeed. answer my friend's question, it's Seven L actually who asked me the question, the one who made our um. Our, yeah, intro music. our intro music. <laughs> he asked me, and he was like, "You're not a fan." And I was like, "I'm not a stan." And he was like, "Okay." He was like, "I think she's the greatest of all time." I don't get how you went to that concert and you didn't come out with that I think experience. She is very much because uh, there's Michael Jackson level of uh, fame, and I think she's just right below it. Here's the thing: I, I literally, <laughs> I, I was like, "Okay." My first concert experience was Janet Jackson's Velvet Rope, so I was comparing. Beyonce to that and I said Janet had an opener and the opener was Usher really okay I mean, but Beyonce was her own opener so who can talk Beyonce so here I go so I'm making these comparisons Beyonce was her own opener this is the album She's or I mean, this is the concert yeah. this is the concert where Janet was strapping niggas to boards and, and grinding, grinding them, them to do you mind okay yes. sexual awakening right mm-hmm. Beyonce didn't strap on nobody and I still had an awakening. I just, I have, okay. Seven, he was right. <laughs> bam, bam. All right, let's. Look, because we got it. Rejuvenated, <laughs> rejuvenated. She gave it to the people. It was very right. much an experience. She is a very <laughs> great artist. And I'll she give is. her. And and I don't want to say nothing about the other the other artists that's touring that they're comparing her to, but I just don't see how it is a comparison. I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say, but don't, look at <laughs> drop drop the clip, drop the audio clip. That's us. That's us. Yes. We are back, y'all. Okay. So let's get into the episode. We are starting, like we said, different format. You guys are going to catch on to it. We're not even going to explain what it is. You'll see. Um, Yes. The Wiz 1978. We have the seven. Oh, do you? We still have to do our categories, though. Yes. I don't have that many, so I'm good on that. (laughs) Okay. I only have like four. Always. 
One is the bombastic side eye. One is uh, laugh my ass off, LMAO, because this shit was funny. It was. Um, I have pretty for my eyes, which was like aesthetically pleasing. Um, then we have scary ass because Dorothy. Let's keep it real. And then we also have poor Dorothy though. <laughs> this was going through it. And then she was... You are so funny. It was awful. What's your categories? Of course, it's me with my extendo talk ass. Okay, so I have black as hell. I have C, scary. Um, Because <laughs> <laughs> shit was scary. I have, I said no thanks. <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have, I had the mute because I was like, what the fuck? Turn over your ass. <laughs> Man, who I, bring your ass? I have I have I said no thanks and then my next one is Toto bring your ass. Not too rest of the <laughs> Bring your ass. I have bombastic side eye, my mm. LOL, and then my choreo. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So we have the 70 ass habit of rolling out the credits with the intro, which I loved. Yeah, very retro, very old school. I Love think that. I realized with this movie that it is not a black habit. I think it was an old school habit because we've seen it in other films. But I think black movies of today kept into some of them keep into the habit of giving the credits in the beginning because we know niggas like to walk out the theater and people won't get their their dues. They won't get their tens. So we're going to go ahead and give them their ones now and do it at the beginning. And seeing it in this movie, I was like, y'all could hurry up, but because they had you hell could. of people. You could. Cause, and that's probably why they wanted to make <laughs> And I wonder that's if that it. coincides with like the age of Hollywood and like the different directors. Because now we do have that shift with like Marvel and everybody's waiting until the end. But I guess, I don't yeah. know, maybe it was. But I Very said, oh no, baby. That snow, you got me fucked up. Listen, the snow was coming down. Music by Quincy Jones. We're already getting into some good stuff. Um, it's a holiday because they had a big ass turkey. They're excited like, for their... something. Shit. And then when the, baby, when the couple came with the new baby, I was like, are we celebrating this new baby? Because I get why we didn't do it at their house, but why did you have this couple out in this snowstorm? Like, y'all rude as fuck. Now, I have to ask you, though, as a dark skinned black woman, mm-hmm. did you have a baby picture in yellow? You know I did. Look, because I'm like, that. the way that baby brought so much happiness to me, like a whole smile to my face. Because I think that's I just did. like universal. You have a cute little dark black, a dark skinned black girl. You put them in yellow. Did I have you? a yellow picture. Yes. Oh, but you know what? I also think it's a sign of the times. There was no gender revealing stuff. So all the clothes that you bought for baby were neutral. Oh so- my God. Yes boy girl in between most people have a picture in yellow up to a certain time because you bought yellows and greens and the pastels so that yeah some of those deeper purples or lighter blues so that any baby could wear and then that's when he was like oh that baby's so cute what's their name because we used to be a respectful country make America mind their business again Mm -hmm. Nigga, do you, you know today is the day Trump came out here to get go to Rice Street? Really? I heard we indicted him on 18 charges. But I today, think 18. That was so, 
And the only person who don't got a bond is who? The niggas for Trump. <laughs> the votes for black Trump or whatever. I mean, the ba- votes for black Trump. Black votes for Trump. <laughs> who, who, is, who would be black Trump? Oh, Kevin Samuels. He's dead, though. But he didn't have the financial backing. Kanye? Oh. No. Um, what's his name? LeBron James. What? We're going to have to discuss that one damn day. What? The way he presents on social media. I'm like, he just does not. He's just not Kyrie Irving. He's just a clear op to me. I'm like, Kyrie Irving, if we go in basketball, Kyrie got some weird ass opinions too. Maybe, maybe it's all of them, honestly. All I think is, you are so funny. I don't think I read enough of Kyrie Irving's uh, tweets, maybe. But every time LeBron James always got something to say when black folks doing something he don't think is like good, or but he never says anything when we're doing like good shit. So I was like, oh, daddy. We'll put a band in it. Oh god. Oh my god. Um, okay, so so then the people arrive or whatever. Everybody's you know. Everybody's we having eating. dinner. Yes. And we dinner. got Aunt, a sad uh, Dorothy. <laughs> Aunt M with, yeah, a sad Dorothy. Because but, even before she starts displaying, like, you can tell she's just kind of despondent. Like, girl, you okay? She, maybe because it's seasonal depression. Damn. Get the, it's the fuck outside, boy. I'm sad. You said, damn, this bitch just sad. And I'm like, well, I just was looking at her like, ain't nobody going to check on her. Y'all don't see that she over there huffing? Because it's not about her. I don't know what it's about, but it's not her. It's not. It's not. Because either it's a holiday or it's about that new baby, but it ain't about Dorothy. Not specifically. Not specifically. Yeah, I get that. So we get, uh, we get, uh, um, Thinking about uh, the feeling that we had with mm-hmm. beautiful, her song. beautiful opening. I love her so much. Well, um, wait, wait. I think my first, yeah, the feeling that we have, I think it replaced the prayer, right? And I thought that that was mm. amazing. It was very Black. It was very purposeful. And it was wonderful because it is the first song and it is a family song. But they are actively, it starts with her leading it and then everybody saying it. And then afterwards they get to eating. I thought that was so cool. Very gospel. Very Christian. I love that. But we have uh, Miss Teresa Merritt playing Aunt M. I like her. She did a good job. She did a great job. Um, I am, I think that her her character, though brief, there it was impactful because we needed somebody to get her home to. We needed somebody to place her feeling and also to, to motivate her because I am was like, baby girl, my kid's out the house and you ain't biologically mm-hmm. mind me and my husband would like to walk around naked. In a sense, yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Move them and shake them. Because the way Aunt M and uh, the presence of Aunt M and who she is implies that she has been a guardian for Dorothy, at least for some time time. now. We don't have any reference of who her parents is or we don't mention it, but we know that she she, she got an aunt and an uncle. So we're assuming that this has been her family. I guess all of them niggas are her family. 
Yeah, I'm assuming everybody's her family. Okay. Some of those, and I'm assuming that the person that came over with the baby was one of their children. So you know what I mean? Yes, because I think they are grandparents now. Yeah, and that was one so. of the things like we have accomplished and made it to this point, and we can't even yes. really, you know. Um, the second song that we have is "Can I Go On." I believe that's what it's called because you know I like to guess the song names and then look at them later. You got to verify. <laughs> I'm looking for it too. Can I nope, go I'm about on? to pull it up. <laughs> You said, nigga, who the, f- what is I'm that? Like, what? It's a song so that Dory, no. It's the overture, no, um, yeah. The feeling, no, it's called Can I Go On, show enough. Oh. On the album, it's song number four, because of course there's in-betweens, but as far as oh, the okay. movie goes, it's um the second sung song. And this is when we hear that it's an emergency, winds is going, Uh, aunt, auntie like, you know, talking to themselves like we just got to give her some time whatever and um then Toto asks yes Toto asks well so this whole scene I don't like the way Aunt M is talking to Dorothy like I know there's a way to like there's tough love but like she is mismatched you gotta get your ass off this one block cause she's like bitch I said bitch you ain't gonna you are very Harlem, baby. You be on 125th all day. All you do is 125th. You eat, shit, shop, work, play here. You got to get off. She was like, I don't need to. 125th is life. And my thing is she was 24, early 20s. So there was also that they were trying to convince her. But I am, she was a little demeaning, but she made sure to be like, even throughout that song, which Dorothy wasn't paying attention to because that bitch was all up in her feelings. Yeah. Uh, she was like, I love you. You have a place here with me. I'm home with you. Please come to me, but you need to go out and you need to experience the world by yourself. Yeah. And then she gets her like that little tough love and then here go fucking Toto. And this is why. That's why it was a whole category. It was, that is a small dog. I don't think that dog would have realistically run out, but here goes his ass. Like, why is he even a goddamn dorky? Look. It's Pickable just, it's just and of, everything. Be careful. You know what I'm saying? That the 45, um, they announced 45 mile per hour winds. I was wild. But the storm funnel, sw- she gets to him, swarm, storm sweeps him up. We see the little black angel star babies. I love that. I so said, much. who is that in the blue? That's ah, Miss Linda. Was, we don't know so that yet. But, it was uh, so beautiful. But it was we get so a tornado, and this bitch gets. <laughs> Uh, and the way she's blown into a silo, a corn silo. And that's through what a sign like and she, I was like, this I is violent. This is disrespectful. Fucking they shit up. Then shit stopped coming off the wall and I said, hell no. Nah. Then they started Scary multiplying. The now, watching and this. And then they started I'm mimicking like, her. Hold on. They started mimicking her calling Toto because she was scared as fuck calling Toto. They were like, Toto, Toto, nigga. Not only are you scary, That's, you disrespectful. So, but watching it though, I was because watching it the first time through, I was like, they sound at first they sound scary, but then they mewled into like this whole like little symphony, and it sounds like they're cheering. Of the way Dorothy reacts to them, I'm like, Miss Ma'am, thank walk you. Outside the house. <laughs> and they literally like cool out, like like we just have to get our shit back together because we've been stuck she on the wall for a while. Petrified. She was. But no, that, that she, shit was scary. 
Yeah, she. It turns out she has killed uh the wicked witch, wicked witch of the east, Eva Mean, and yes. that's who turned them into to graffiti. And it's about fifteen minutes, and we get introduced to Miss One. So Miss One comes in. Yeah. Her count, that was so fucking fun. I, I like that. Did she She's have played a song? Miss? She did no. have a song. Yes, she it was did. Kind of, it, okay, but it, it was, was later. It was. It was. It was later. It was later. She did. He's the witch. She yes, because she tells Dorothy like, "Oh, that's how you got to get out of here. Yeah, you got to go find you know Mr. Wizard's dude." So, and I love Meet the uh, Wiz. That's one of my favorite songs. In the I way loved Amber it. Riley repri- reprised the role. Oh, Amber P. Riley is goals. <laughs> I love Amber P. Riley. I I really don't know like like. I don't know if, like, I know facial structure-wise, we have similar face structures, so I can copy her makeup, right? Um, Style-wise, I love her style. It's not like I look up to her, because I think we're about the same age, so I don't know if I want to, like, or if it's like, "Mm, girl, let's be besties. I don't know where I stand with her. Conflicting feelings. She makes me have feelings. I love love this song. Oh, my God. Um, but I I figured out that Miss One is the numbers runner. She's the she's the uh she's the one that you place your bets with. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like oh, black as hell. Look, and, I love oh, it so much. Oh. I love it so much. But I do too. They had that little choreography, and they're like, "Follow the yellow brick road," and Dorothy Ash trying to take trying to take a cab, and that cab said. Bitch. Not on duty. Not, Not on duty. <laughs> that mess was funny. The way it skirted off, I was yeah. like, damn, that was disrespectful. <laughs> and immediately saw her was like, occupied. <laughs> Listen, and the fact that, you know, she got the instructions, don't take the shoes off or whatever. Um, and she gets to walk in again. I'm like, where the fuck was Toto? Because she was like, Toto, run it. You don't know this location. He don't know this location. So you know what Toto doing, sniffing everything. Um, and then we have because that's what dogs do in new places so then we have the the sung song number four which I called soon as I get home because it was a shout out to Faith Evans and then I circled home because I figured it was just called that and it is called soon as I get home so I now feel like Faith Evans did that on her debut album as a shot to the whiz and I didn't know that until I watched this movie So that was really fun. This was such a fun watch. I really enjoyed this movie. And then she comes across the scarecrow and he's being bullied by a bunch of crows, which I'm like, nigga, how? What's up? He pinched the bitch. Look. But you know what? It was very post-apocalyptic outside. I don't know why it was like that, but like, I don't know if that has something to do with him being despondent and being willing to just like, you know, take what they were giving yeah. because the, everything around him is it was just orange and like red, bare and despair. Red. Like it just, you know. So then we have sung song number five, which was the crow anthem. Um, and I called it that, but it, I think it's, it's called, called "You Can't Win," right? You can't win. And you know what? But it is the crow I, anthem. It's the crow's anthem because okay, I'm looking at this. <laughs> yes, and the crow commandments. Which was funny as shit. I um have this album 
as I don't know that it's an original press, but I have it as a record, like a forty-five. Oh, nice! This yes, one? this one, the like wow. this one. So oh. the fact that my ass can't name them is because I would legit put the record on and let it play, it play. and not like stop to hear what the okay. So I just be like, yeah, the crow in. This no, is why we you, do this. This is fun. No, fuck. but you're right. You're right, though, because that was the Crow Anthem and the Crow Commandments. And I was like, mm, yeah, okay. But we got Michael Jackson <laughs> singing. You can't win. Jackson. And I was Bang like, it. I know that Poe hurt his back. Like, why the fuck they had him just standing? You know what? None of my business. But Dorothy has because the seventies, <laughs> the seventies, and um, working conditions. <laughs> You might be right. Look. You know, but you're right. Dorothy was over there lurking. She legit was um, like, cap and save a hoe. She popped out and shooed them. And she said, did you catch that? She was like, off. get away before I call a taxidermist. Did you catch that? Yes, but I left my ass off because she didn't wait. She waited until after the number. She said, let me hit a little song first. <laughs> and then I'm going to Let me peep the scene because maybe, maybe he deserves to get bullied. I don't know why he is <laughs> You can't just save everybody. You got to ask questions first. That's true. That's you true. know, so she did her she did her duty by, you know, stopping. But um, they have this little thing. She says, you know, I have to get, you got to get it up. We got to get up. And he is reading off these really big quotes. And she's like, where are you? And he's like, it's my stuffing. You know, I'm, this is what I do. This is all I had was my stuffing. And he would take one out and put it right back in because you can't lose what you got. You got to keep on. You got to hold on to that. So she's like, well, come with me. He needs a brain. He says, I would love to have one. She says, come with me. We're going to see the whiz. And the taxis dip on both of them. Now there's two taxis. And they both yes. hurt. Which I'm we just like, coordinated? look, why why can't y'all share a taxi? The green why are y'all like this, though? Why are y'all like this? Now, she did say something. She was like, you're a product of negative thinking. And I was like, bars like ma'am he's a product of negative thinking and lightweight his environment because not to like but you know what i mean because he was trying to make himself better despite his environment which i think now in doing this right right now i think that that might have been a message because like i said it was post-apocalyptic and barren and just Mm -hmm. and he he was full of the energy to revitalize that for himself you know so that was really interesting but we have our fifth, the next song, which is Ease On Down The Road. But they're happy that they didn't get into the cabs this time because I think they are, they have that companionship with, e- with each other. Because yeah. this is a barren, desolate land. And all you know is to go to the wizard. That's it. And Michael, I'm, I'm sorry, not Michael, but the scarecrow <laughs> being, because I'm all Mike, but the scarecrow being the one to find the yellow brick road where Dorothy's ass is the one who has like world, real world knowledge. He's been on a pole his whole life, like a, like on a pole. Yeah. But he found it. All right. You know, so they are and Mike. Uh, okay. Scarecrow falling and the dancing you know what i mean because these are the characters names like we know the we know that diana ross is is dorothy michael jackson was scarecrow and so diana ross for this role um she i want to say she had a really good time with it but she did some other stuff 1972 she did lady sings the blues which is a movie 
1975, she did Mahogany. And these are adult movies. She's playing adult roles. Mm-hmm. She is an adult here in this, but she's an adult of a younger age, more innocence. They had to give her that, right? To pull that yeah. out of her. So she's giving, as much as people couldn't talk about whatever, maybe she wasn't the best, the best. She was giving layers. She was an actress by this point. You yeah, know? definitely. Um, she's already, at this point, I think she had already, um, by the time of this movie filming, I think she had already broke off on the Supremes and she was doing her own, like... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, like, she has had more than within her right to be at home, no skills. She she got out of the Supremes in the 70s, and then her first solo solo hit was Reach Out and Touch Somebody's Hand, which you already know. Um, She had Touch Me in the Morning, the theme from Mahogany, which is, do you know where you're going to, you know... Love Hangover, mm-hmm. Upside Down. She had Endless Love. When she came back in the 80s and 90s, she was bop, 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 punching people in the face with hits. It was just back to back to back. So you couldn't deny her as a powerhouse. It just was interesting that in this film, she was not the dominant singer, even amongst people, because they were Broadway people. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Mike, for him to play Scarecrow, we already know who he is, but his 1979 album was when he became a solo artist. So this movie catapulted him. He are, We knew him from... I think he already yeah, left his first record company with Jackson 5 and like, I think Jermaine. Not Jermaine. Jermaine or one of the brothers. Maybe One Tito of the Leon other had, brothers had came in and I was like, mm, yeah, okay. But, like, he so, was making a path for himself to be, like, I'm independent. So, for him to have this yes. movie with Diana Ross at that time, very yes. big. Very big. Catapulted his career. He did uh, The Wiz in 78. He dropped his solo his solo album um, in 79. That was Off the Wall. And Off the Wall had Beat It, Billie Jean. Like, you know what I'm saying? He came out swinging. Yes. Um, yes. Then he did... Thriller, he did the Thriller music video in 1982. Thriller dropped 83. Like, he just came out and was just, yeah, 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 yeah. So this literally, The Wiz kind of catapulted him into his solo career, which shout out to Quincy Jones. And if you notice, like, he did not appear in a lot of films that were not his own. Past this? Yeah. Yes. He said, yeah. thank you, Diana Ross, and thank you, Quincy Jones. And I appreciate all that you've done for me. But I will be the star and it'll be a movie based on me from now the fuck on. So, and which this kind of, it's, it's big, this was awesome. How, what it did for people's career. It was interesting that it didn't do as well in um, financing as, as they thought. Budget wise, they gave this movie $24 million and you can see it all through that. Yes. All through that. Box office, it made $13.6 million. Um, and so they had a net loss of $10.4 million for Motown and Universal combined. Um, cause those are, those are the, that's the production company, right? It's interesting though, cause we can discuss at the end why we think mm-hmm. they lost in revenue, right? Yeah. Cause these are superstars and for these people's careers, for the stars of these, either they were having a revitalization after this, or it was a catapult. And that's wild that yeah. the numbers don't reflect that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're down the yellow brick road. It was super cute. And all of a sudden we are, I'm assuming if this is Harlem, are we, are, are we like 
wherever um yeah sorry that is- <laughs> you so cute you wait, said wait, wait. <laughs> are no, we wait, at coney island uh, see geography not a strong part but i'm gonna say possibly, possibly because coney island um i had to think about it beach uh roller coasters events that type that, of stuff coney island is that like north new york i don't know I'm about to look and see. Look, but we I'm get there and we, in, so. we are like, absolutely looking. Uh, Coney Island is in Brooklyn. It would make sense. Yeah. That they went from Harlem to Brooklyn because they easing on down the road, right? They're just going through all the boroughs. So the Wiz is in Brooklyn? Um, I want to say that that the Wiz, I don't know where the Wiz, maybe he's in Manhattan someplace because Dorothy is starting on 125th. And if we make it, let's say we're going to Coney Island because we're going to pick up Tin Man, who's played by Nipsey Russell. He's out yeah. there just hollering for help. Then when It was funny. Step right up and save a life. <laughs> it was that nigga spit. So listen, that's part of the oh, allure oh. of Nipsey Hustle. I was Nipsey Hustle. You heard it right. Because the I, fucking yeah, rapper. And I and I kept getting messed up when I was doing the research too. I was like Nipsey Hustle. I was like Russell, fuck. So. But you know what? There's a reason why Nipsey Hustle picked the name Nipsey Russell, and it's because this man was a comedian, but he was able. He was always rhyming things at all times. Like he was the original rapper for a lot of like in a lot of respects because he was born in Atlanta, but he was born he- in like. 1920s eight there you go um so for him to have the success that he had to be the type of comedian that he was for him to give you multiple lines that rhymed in different places cadence things like that he was kind of the original rapper yeah and And he was pretty popular look he was popular he was on everything every game show from like the fifth the 60s to the 90s like you would see yes So yes, and he had and, Dean Martin a regular appearances. So that nigga knew people. So yeah, you know what it was when you get onto Dean Martin's show like that, like stuff like that. It was absolutely awesome. He was on um, what's my line? Match Game, Hollywood Squares, Pyramid, like some of these very big sixties, um, like not sorry sixties, but seventies to eighties TV shows when TV shows were popping off. Nipsey Russell was in there. He was often one of the main cast. I like watching um, Match Game with him on it because he, I didn't realize that that was what he was known for, but I picked up on it watching him on these reruns. Mm-hmm. So to do the research was like, ah, oh, I get it. And it makes yeah. sense why a rapper would name himself after him because he was, you know what I mean? The original. Yeah. So very fun. And yeah. his song is sung song number seven i called it if i could feel he's okay now no no, well his first song no his first song his that's it his first song was what i would do if i could feel i could feel yeah yeah and then the second one boy he was going through it ain't no telling how long he was stuck like that before they came man the way he went off on his ex it was like i got stuck on (laughs) <laughs> like sir. sir you ain't gotta like tell her. out her business like that 
I like Dorothy. She recruited. She said, it's safety in numbers. Let's go together. It is. <laughs> it is. So now they easing on down the road some more after they done slid some oil on him, which yeah. is Sung Song number eight. But the way he was screaming, teeny, teeny, teeny. Boy. That's how he cries. Like, you can't laugh at the way people cry. You can't laugh at him crying, but you can laugh at him crying because that was funny. It really was. Um, but then the taxis is getting more and more ragged as they're going. They're still dipping on them, but they're kind of breaking down along mm-hmm. the way. I wondered if that had something to do with like the areas they were getting into. I wasn't completely sure. I don't know. Hmm. You know what I mean? So, hmm. I wasn't, I just didn't know. Um, but as we're going along the road, they said, stop the music. That statue got some freaky eyes. And it is he motherfucker looking at me. Look. And I is laughed my ass off me? when he bust so, out of that bus. It, <laughs> don't you come up on me. What are we doing? It was so funny. It was very funny. We have sung song number nine, um, which I called Me No Lion, and that's what it's yep. called. Um, I thought it was interesting because, again, I'm looking up now, and position-wise, I was going to say, well, where are there stone lions in New York? doesn't matter. I put the financial district because that's typically where they put the, the wolf of Wall Street, the lion yeah. of Wall Street, those type of statues, right? And so now we are in the lower – the financial district is in lower Manhattan, so we're mm. working through the boroughs, right? Mm. Harlem, Brooklyn, Manhattan, okay? And you would have, it makes sense because the bridge that they're crossing is the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. So New York geography, we're making it, right? So I'm thinking that the Wiz is someplace in Manhattan. Maybe, I don't know where, Queens? Mm. I think that's in Manhattan. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to figure it out. So, we are, um, the lion's doing his song. He's making his threats, and somebody called his bluff, and that nigga gets to... <laughs> it was Toto, in fact, which is why we bring the dog. <laughs> Protection. Toto. It sure was Toto. And they said, Punk, are you serious? He said he was thrown out of the jungle and poor baby, he just wanted a place to be and to belong. Well, he couldn't protect his, his folks. He said, I need to get that um I need to get that, that beast in me. I'm not a beast. You can't be a beast and be this lion. Like he said, What do I do? He was you so did. hurt. He was so hurt. But he ended up joining them because they was like, We going to the whiz. I thought it was hilarious because his name, he introduces himself and these niggas said what? Because his name is Fleetwood Coupe DeVille which is black (laughs) as fuck. That is a car. That is so funny. I'm glad you caught that because I forgot his name. (laughs) Oh, it was so great. He is played by Ted Ross. Ted Ross is, um, he won a Tony Award for playing the original um, in the 1975 production. But yes. this guy was everywhere. He was doing the thing. He won a $5 competition. He's from Ohio, right? And he um, he won a competition singing Over the Rainbow, like Judy Garland from... Oh, nice. The, I guess from 
from right. the Wizard of Oz. So it's just wonderful the parallels that he did that, started his career, gets to be in the Wiz and wins a Tony Award. So he was also in um Pearly. He like other Broadway productions. Pearly, Ain't Miss Paper, Raisin in the Sun. Other black <laughs> ass ones. <laughs> specifically. Specifically. Hold your people down. So yes. Ted Ross, <laughs> Mr. Fleetwood Coop DeVille. <laughs> that was I so love great. That. I love everything okay. about that. It was yo. And then we're easing on down the road again. And um Tin Man has this little run. <laughs> Yo, these actors were so great. I really enjoyed watching this. This was one of my I favorite I of did. the season. Now, they're going to the subway because we ain't got no more cabs, apparently. And this Because now we are at a specific part of the city. I don't know where, but we, is, we don't walk enough. Harlem, Brooklyn, Lower Manhattan, that's enough walking. So they get mm-hmm. to the subway, and this is where shit gets scary as shit. I hate this part. I really do. Because then you got these monkey suit wearing motherfuckers. And then the little jumping creatures. That shit always unsettles me. The fucking (laughs) walls come up. The electrician buildings are are coming down. What The alarm system attacked the Tin Man. Lion had to knock their ass down. Like everything is going on real fast, real fast. They come up out that area because they're like, ha. Ha, trying to get it. The jazz in there is just, it's like the soundtrack is soundtracking at this point. But like, oh my God. So then they get up out of that area and somebody had warned them about a poppy field, but here they go. And the poppy field is a red light district. So poppy said, poppy is really a euphemism for popping pussy. And they Mm. said, watch out. But that it is a red light district, and we get out there, and we have this jazz, and it's the Poppy Girls. Ah, I thought that was a club. <laughs> it's the red light district. This is this is the stroll. This is the whole yard. They oh, were. I, I loved it. Oh, I loved it so much. So pretty. For and listen, they got two of them. They got Dorothy. And they got uh who was it, the lion? Um yes. Which I noticed mm-hmm. how they keep getting bumped up against each other, like compared against each other through this, because they got the same fucking fear. You're both mm-hmm. cowards. So mm-hmm. and Scared. the way one got forced out of home, the other one got pushed uh got snatched away from home but y'all both away from home and what home is the place that they'd like to be able to get to and be better in mm-hmm. and they both and I think that's how like when Dorothy responds to the lion is kind of like her responding to herself in a way and being like hey get that courage and I think that's beautiful because when they make it out of that situation and she sings the sung song number 11 which is I call it my lion but it's it's lion my lion it's be a lion it was great it was oh yeah and they're still crossing the yellow brick road that little lick that he did when they that when she was like holding him that was wild I he really played the fuck out of his role but he was a Broadway actor Mm -hmm. he knew what to do to pull that on screen I was like he did not it was gross. I'm sorry. It was much. Um, yeah. But then they're finally at Emerald City. They're at this big-ass gold entrance. 
Um, did you peep that the sunrise was a big ass apple? Yes. They wanted said, you to know it was New York. Oh. They wanted you to know it was New York, right? That's cute. <laughs> it's oh, it's so wonderful. So they're there now, and the guards are like, "You gotta meet who are you? We're black." It was like, nobody gonna fuck who you want to see." They peeped at them shoes. They said, "Excuse me, I didn't mean." To. Yeah, my bad. Come I, on so in. So but that we man have. Mean, oh my god. And we now, get that with this Afrofuturism uh, announcement from the Riz. They're like, green is it. I will never be that's it. dead and red. And the Wiz is like... And did you peep that the colors are, there's a yellow, like the gold that they initially walk into. Then they have this song green, right? And then they mm. have red. These are colors that are very true to Black people, whether of, of the diaspora right those colors resonate for us so i thought that was very purposeful i thought that their movements being of um some of them being like african dance movies shout shout out to the choreography that's why i'm always going to typically have that as a um as a category because there is its purpose there's a story in these dances i thought it was absolutely wonderful they had models in there they had iman and grace jones oh part of that sequence (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, when they were, when everybody was walking, some people were just there. This is black as hell. Um, they had, I had it as separate songs, but I didn't realize it because I'm sorry, I flipped it. They came in green, they get seen in red and then they go to gold. That is yes. one song. That's the Emerald City sequence where they are, Richard Fryer is announcing and they're, it never stops. Mm-hmm. He, it never stops. So their welcome to this city is just life and vibrancy and also flippancy. Things change at a drop of a dime. You can't get comfortable. Control of this person, you got to be at his whim. They get that initially, mm-hmm. right? The man, the man is still in control. So. To see a um, send up the girl in the silver slippers. You know what I did not realize until um, that that trumpet blow announcement Mm -hmm. is so many black colleges uh, banned trumpet blows. So many black colleges will do that announcement sound. We know that sound. Quincy Jones gave us so much with this Mm -hmm. this soundtrack. I mean, so much. This nigga did 26 songs. Of production. I was about to say, how Amazing. many is on, on the album? Sir, did you not just do... Oh, oh, oh. That's, that's his song list. I think mine starts at like 19 or 20, like 18, 19 or something. But he did that, right? But just culturally Im- impactful. He gave it to us. And we, even though, budget-wise, we kept this shit alive. So it was just, it was just really fun. And when he sees them goddamn slippers, he said, uh, bring her up here. And she said, I'm not going with my friends. He said, well, uh, bring them, bring bring them, them to them. <laughs> Reluctantly though. He was like, ah. Said, okay. Yeah. And everybody bracing themselves and he's like, because okay. they were jealous. He said, fuck y'all won't, but don't get too close. But what do you yeah. try when you get? And they're like, well, I want to go home and my friends want some things too. 
And I like how they all came out of their mouth and said what they wanted because clothes and yeah. don't get fit. <laughs> so yeah. you have to tell him directly what you want. It can't be like, oh, well, my friend won't. No. No, um, you need to say it for yourself. So that was cool. Um, and he said, I need you to kill another witch. And he, they were like, ah, uh, uh, and he said, listen, this is what I need. And he said, they, otherwise, give me them slippers. <laughs> and she was like, I've already been told I can't take these off till I get home. And he said, well, girl, this is the deal. Then, and she was like, ugh, ugh. And that was it. The witch has spoken. So now y'all got to go kill this witch. What's funny is that they go and think about it first, right? And they go to this room. It's very, it's very Afrofuturistic. I love that room set up. And yeah, they sit down and yes, <laughs> very, very like give it to us, right? And uh, Scarecrow and Lion them sitting around Dorothy, and they like we can all just be roommates and stay here forever. And she's like, okay, but I this is not my home. This is your home, and I want to go home. So she makes the decision to be an intentional murderer. First time was an accident. Now I'm about to have to murder bitch. Okay, this Look, is a courage we have never seen. All right, gotta, Dorothy, let's get to it. I'm about to say, compared to when she first got here, she said, oh, I'm going home no matter what it takes. I need to go home. So now we're back in the so- in the sewer and we see good old Eveline. This is Mabel King. Yeah. Oh, we got my God. My second favorite number. I have so many Don't nobody numbers. bring me no bad no news. No bad news. My God, I love that number. She did that. She really did. She sang the fuck out of it. Um, her design, her outfit and design, I loved her fucking dress. It was amazing. Like, I... Not that other people's costumes did not fit. She is a sewer queen. Yes. And it was regal in a sewer. I loved it. I loved it. She, She's also what? I thought she was using child labor. I was like, Maybe I was gonna say because she also whipping the fuck. <laughs> I was just about to say she's also very like bitch. Get your ass to work. She wasn't playing. She um, and I really do think that there was kids. She had kids, elderly, eight to eighty. Yo ass to get it in Eveline's world. Mm, she said. I need you to finish. I was like, get her done. Um, Maybelline, I feel like the reason that she did so well in this in this role and what we saw is because she is absolutely a powerhouse of an actress. Uh, Mabel yes. King, I, Mabel, I call her Maybelline. Mabel King. Mabel King was in multiple, multiple things. She didn't start acting until her mid thirties, but in 1966, she played Maria in um, Porgy and Bess. Porgy? Yes. Porgy and Miss. Yeah, you said Porgy, right okay, just, okay. And um, in 67, she was Ernestina in uh, the Broadway musical Hello, Dolly. In 72, she was in a musical film called Don't Play as Cheap, and it was unreleased until the year afterwards, but it had been performed as a stage play on Broadway. She was killing, okay? She was. Uh, she played the Queen of Marithia in the horror film Ganja and House, which I feel like we should put on there, like on the list. And then in 1975, she debuted Eveline for The Riz. So this, wow, wow, wow. They, her voice... It's so powerful. I really love it. Like, and it's very gospel. And it's honestly like that. Don't yeah. nobody bring me. It was, I really, 
It was I insane. loved it. It was actually in doing research for this and learning about her that I found out that they used to have or maybe still have something called the Motion Picture Television Country House and Hospital. It was pretty much a thing where actors, because in our next episode, guys, is actually going to be about the WGA uh, SAG actor and writers strike. There used to be certain things in place for people like she went to a hospital that was set up for aging and um, disabled so, actors specifically. And she was in the there. Entertainment business. Yeah. Yes. Like in any range of the entertainment business, if you were there, you could go live out your final days with top of the line care because this is what you're used to. She entered there after a stroke in 1990. She passed away in 1999. The fact that that facility was able to give her that type of care throughout her life because she was such what give pay these people like I said our next our next episode is going to be about the strike but like what the fuck's up everyone y'all should. used to have stuff everyone strikes for everyone the world we should strike everyone should unionize yeah. we really should um now the other thing is the like. There were so many d- dancers, the flying monkeys scene, their choreography, I loved because these are big guys. These are bikers. Mm-hmm. They got to be tough, but they gave you movement. I liked yes. it. I liked it. Um, but they were also very scary. They, the way they were hunched over, I was like, I don't like I was it. Flying monkey. They had to be flying monkeys. Mm-mm. So, Mm-mm. yeah. Um, when they caught them or whatever, and bring them all back, they take them to Evelyn. Evelyn, excuse me. And Evelyn was like, "Give me them damn shoes because you killed my sister, you dumbass little bitch." And she was like, "Nah." Damn. She started listening because Evelyn ain't no joke. She had she's reason not. to be upset. Her she sister a, is dead. Like what? She doesn't. And care. she's a goddamn okay. She don't give a shit about nobody. When I tell you, she's like, I don't give a, a fuck about the people who are keeping me running. You think I give a fuck about you? And she Look, started. And the beating. only other person she probably gave a fuck about you killed. Like what? That's it. So now she's ruthless. She ain't got no heart. And she start going off. She started bending fingers and cutting people in half. She done pressed the goddamn ten man flat. She hung the lion by his Is tail. This a children's movie? Cause what the <laughs> fuck? terrifying and you know to like cut open your eye I slice you open you don't give me what you want I step on your tail like what what? What? I press you with a damn and you remember they used to have them hot ass irons boy them shits wasn't safe for nothing but the threat to Toto was too much so she she decides and she was about to take that dog life she said boy I'll tell you the fuck Kill this woman, nigga! I swear to God, and she wasn't playing. So oh my God! She had that black ass. That's what I was gonna say. She had that black ass, like tight lip. How do how do they even talk through lips that tight? Like it's wild. But it's the threat was there. That's it. Because I'm, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. That's how they feel on the low. And it was dead ass. Like they was going through too much. So she said, "I'm not about to do that." And and. The scarecrow sees something. I don't know what made him think of the water, but he was like, it's hot down here. Cool off, cool off. Maybe everybody just needs to cool off. And he do that eyeball to her. And she caught that hit. And next thing you know, everybody's running around. 
You now, Evelyn said, bitch, I'm allergic to water. I said, does that mean you ain't washed in a while or what's up? Because she got to melt and melt and the me- it wasn't necessarily a melt. She went down a toilet. They flushed her down an even further drain. Yes. I have, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Evelyn's character at the end because that's my reservation about this film. Okay. Okay. I'm with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we have uh, song number 15, which let's get it new day. Hey, I love hey. this song now that's officially song number 22 on the album um, but that's the sung song because he has the, some of the oh, interludes okay. and things like that right so that's the sung song um, they then have uh, Dorothy is loose and free she is dancing her ass off with this choreography because the energy is different now she is a certified killer Look, I was about to say she happy because that nigga dead. She said, I Baby, I get at. to come home, but it also brought something out of her. She's a thug now. And for her to be Harlem, she maybe she felt like, you know what I'm saying? She's like, I don't have to have this in me before, but now I'm going to be more comfortable going to these places because she has traveled so much of her own city, even though it's in this fairy tale version of she is bigger better she would have never taken on a bully on her own streets and taken them down so she's done it it's wonderful we have all of these beautiful dancers that were very much uh candidly dressed i didn't notice that yeah you, you said sweatshop though right so i think yeah. the freedom of it the restraint was working under eveline in all of those layers and all of the clothes it was part of the oppression yeah and so them taking off that clothes taking off those chains that was a song of celebration and gratitude for freedom. And, and, it was the, like, and the clothing had to match the gratitude of it too. So we saw thighs and, and now, bosoms and, you know. Good to say, after they took off their clothes, I realized these were adults. Because I was like, you look like kids in those costumes. But they you know got- what? Maybe the children maybe the children were no longer part of that because appropriateness. We're not going to put you in that. Because um, I do feel like there were some kids there. Like, I thought that was part of the energy we got was that like... Mm-hmm. You know, she was whipping everybody ass. If your ass down here and she caught you, you know what I mean? Your your ass is grass. So I just figured that was part of it. But I did I did notice that everybody dancing was adult because I definitely forgot about the kids for a second. Because they weren't there anymore. But that makes me think, because they would have to have like a standby of like talented kids. Because they were still like jumping and toe-touching <laughs> under the I'm really just hoping, I'm really hoping that those were not kids, and like you said, that once their their uh, costumes were changed, they were revealed to be adults that just were you know, smaller and thinner bodies because some of them were also shorter, smaller, thinner, and statue looked like children in those suits, but like that reveal with it being so scantily clad, that wouldn't have been appropriate for children under 18. So just yeah. don't have them be in that part. Yeah, go home y'all done for the day right could have been I don't know but I do I I forgot that there were kids because they were so they were dressed like that it was you know? really a beautiful scene I love the choreography Diana it was great people, and they escaping through the fire escape and they I get thought their... that was so great the fire escape yes. was awesome but it confused me because how are they coming down from fire escapes from a sewer does it have it's a fantasy land we we just we you right you right my bad no i was like no you just broke my fantasy my bad my bad my bad because i legit was like "Mm." (laughs) 
And the flying monkeys, but the flying monkeys give them a ride to a back door entrance. Which is the first ride that they've had this whole movie. Nigga! Other than when they got kidnapped. When they got napped, they got that ride. And now this is the first ride where they're going where they want to go. Yes. So, so I was like, yeah. But they get back to the whiz door and that bitch opened. And I was like, could it be in Georgia? But they Ooh. found out that. <laughs> It's a lie. This this nigga said he is Herman Smith from Atlantic City, and I started cracking up. Richard Pryor, we know Richard Pryor, the comedian of of comedians. He is, um, of course, passed away now. But it just was it was interesting the way that they had him portray this. It seemed like they said, "This is the gist of what we need you to say. Come out here and say it," because it it was almost very whose line is it anyways. And I honestly thought I was like, they didn't really give him a script. They was just like, "Here's your character. Go out and do the thing, but make sure you incorporate these two things, and you're good." But yeah. He definitely, and you know, because Richard Pryor funny, right? He's going to give you a little quip, but he, I don't know if this was him trying to do a serious role. I don't, I don't know, you know, by this time he had, um, he was, he's, he's been a comedian. Like he had been a comedian for a long time by that time. I'm trying to see, um, in my notes, he had already done multiple movies, Lady Sings the Blues, The Mac. Um, Uptown Saturday Night and Silver Streak, Car Wash, Which Way is Up, Grease Lightly. There's multiple movies before this, but in most of these movies, he was playing a comedic role or he had a smaller role that was like a bartender that had a short comic quip. This is the first time I think that he was given a dramatic role in that way. I can't say for sure, but I think. So if that's the case, it might have been uncomfortable for him. Also, we know about Richard uh, Pryor's drug use it could have just been the jitters of what was probably very strong cocaine and then he also became the first actor the first black actor to earn a million dollars for a single film in 1980 so i wonder if like them seeing him in this role they were like huh again catapulting people's Mm -hmm. of people's careers because as much as the role was short it's iconic it's also major he is this is a term that i learned today because i was listening to the read he is the titular title he is the titular character he is the whiz Mm -hmm. so there's going to be some um intrigue and some excitement about how he's able to portray so if the movie that he did after this which was stir crazy then absolutely Mm-hmm. you know so yeah so she in her right dorothy goes the fuck off when she figures this out you see me out there to this girl. <laughs> you know what i'm saying I this said, is the first time that you really see her nook because she's buck look i said look at you from new york that's <laughs> it and it also she said listen if this is what i have to do then fine and the revelation because I did it. The revelation comes from her and then she turns around and she's able, because the crew just was like crushed all of a sudden and she affirms them. And we have what I called sung song number 16 is If You Believe and it's the Believe in Yourself Diana Ross version. Right? Um, And everybody's like, okay, okay, I'm feeling a little better about myself, but girl, how you gonna get the fuck home? And she said, well... I guess I'm not gonna I go. Guess. And then we I get guess I'll say with y'all. 
twinkle, twinkle, and we get the good witch going. Oh my god, motherfucking Lena Horn. Oh my oh god, she is so god. pretty. She's and I saw that and I was like, gorgeous. Man. Outfit wonderful. Lena Horn, of course, we know. Um, her her career been over seventy years. <laughs> I was gonna say because if you say it. You don't. You need to like what this because seventy Broadway alone. Let's get it. Let's get it. Her career spanned over seventy years. You can't even say what she didn't do because she damn near did it all. Like what? What? We're not gonna get into Lena Horn because we could make it a whole episode. Researcher for yourself. When motherfuckers was running around wanting to be, um, wanting to be Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe wanted to be Lena Horn. She wants She's to be been. Diane Carroll. You know what I'm saying? That's like, yeah, fave's fave. So here she and comes. She and she And she black. On okay. both sides. Right side. Give it. What? Because you know what it is. So, and it's very interesting that, um, that when we did Sparkle and we were talking with Lydia and Lydia was like, you know, Sparkle literally was like, you know, I'm trying to be like Marilyn Monroe. And one of the sisters was like, Lena Horn right there. And she looked just like Lena Horn. Mm-hmm. Like complexion, all of that. It just like your faves fave, but you didn't want to give it to the girl. That's okay. Cause we're going to give it to this lady now. Yes. Yeah. We know what it is, but the little black angel babies behind her, just a cuckoo and being cute. I thought it was wonderful. It was so cute. Oh my God. Oh my God. Then, then we, we have. have- she sung it and I was like, oh my God, my heart. And I was loved it so because much. Because she has sung for so many things, Broadway, she's done so many things, but she said, you know what? Make the request and, you know, you will make yourself home. It's not because this is, you already got it. Home is inside of you, babe. And she sparked it because she, because when Dorothy was singing it, she's singing it to crew and she needed it back. She yeah. needed that inspiration back for herself. So Miss Miss Glenda the Goodwitch gave it to her and the whiz is all, can you do something for me? And Dorothy was like, hell nah, before she even knew what it was. And I thought that was real funny. <laughs> no, no, I cannot. Fuck you. So that was funny. So then um, this time we have the scarecrow coming up with a dope quote. And she's like, who, who said that? And he said, I did. Yeah, I did. It was just, baby, if you wasn't crying before, you crying now. The Tin Man mm-hmm. is crying. And she said, don't rust yourself now. Just real mm-hmm. black little. It's, it's <laughs> okay. It was so great. And she said, and she looked at Miss Glenda the Good Witch. And she said, I'm ready now. And she said, well, we'll do what you got to do. But that I'm, I'm ready funny. now was a word. It was just... The way that it was a word, right? And then we have the the closing song, number seventeen, where we get the most of Miss Dorothy Diana Ross's blowing, where she is like, "I Bitch. want to go home." A singer, because how many sing can sing crying like what? I... Oh, drama! She gives ah. it to you. The character development is there. And then and the it people in ends. the background, like where she met, and it was just it was oh. such a beautiful soul. Her family. And like her family coming in and I'm wondering, and I was like, wait, did these people play? It wasn't until the end that I was like, did they play other roles because they transitioned from the Oz version to their real life Harlem versions. And Mm -hmm. then it ends. We don't have to see her being welcomed back into the house because we already know that she was welcomed and loved there. 
Aunt she Emma already told us that. She just needed to yeah. make it back there with the confidence to leave it and know that it was there. So it ends with her going up the stoop. And it was uh, with Toto. So with because Toto bring your ass. <laughs> right? It was beautiful. I really I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> so what were your we haven't we haven't done uh, our scales very much this one because we already know the actual scale looks like right. But mm-hmm. um, what were your? I don't remember what my lenses are for the season because it's been that long. Same. So just know that we're looking through the same lenses we said whenever we started this season almost six weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. So what were the ticks for your categories? Uh, LMAO had twenty two. Pretty for my eyes had 15. Scary ass and poor Dorothy each had six. Okay. Um, for me, Black as Hell had 16. Yes. C, Scary had 12. I feel valid. Um, I said no thanks has nine. Um, Toto Bring Your Ass had six. Bombastic Side Eyed had 10. My LOL had 14. And the Choreo Nod had 11. Okay. Yes. What's so, your ranking? Uh, my ranking, I feel like I'm so dramatic for this, but my ranking for this movie is an 8.99 out of 10. <laughs> You're so dramatic. What is wrong with you? Why are you like this? 8.9. What, oh what, my God. Can you please explain what happened to the 0.01 that made it less than that they could not get nine points i would like to know until i will hold it until you give me yours because i think that's going to go into for me it leads into why they hit in box office like this so what's your ranking my ranking is an eight out of ten okay okay yeah um i really i love the way like i know there were some complaints about dorothy taking this role because she was a much older uh person but I mm-hmm. really like the way that they made her a 24-year-old kindergarten teacher because we don't have a lot of Black women fantasy for young adults. Like, I, that really yeah. won my um, Now, Eveline, I don't like the way they fat-coated the villain. Okay, because I did peep. And I don't like the way they... And with the fat coating that came with, like, the negative perceptions of fatness, so, like, the dirtiness with the I'm allergic to water... And I was like, uh-huh. but the the person who played her, Thelma Carpenter, nope, Mabel King, Mabel King, mm-hmm. Mabel King, beautiful actress. But the way yes. they told her, I was like, oh my god, why did you yes. do that? You kind of there was it. layers behind it. It was the same so. thing with like how you said about the hunch of, and I said over oh, like, oh, they had to be the um, the flying monkeys, but they also there was coding with um, them putting the biker gangs into them being these thugs that you could go out and hire and have them do stuff like that for you. There was a lot of um, little things that were like, uh, I I see how how your conditioning. Like not like, but like the conditioning of living in this country again, black, queer, straight, whatever, being in this yeah. country, the conditioning of that affected even this black ass film. That was part of the reason I took off a point from that. I felt like there was some disconnect, even with it being a a fantasy version. Why are we coming from the 
I don't know how you get out of a sewer other than like a ladder thing, but the whole, yeah. um, the fire escape through me, we knew it was New York without that. Yeah. We didn't need we that. Had you know what I mean? We had all these clues that this was New York. We didn't need that. Um, I also think that part of the reason, like, that's my criticism of that. Like it was, but I also felt like, like you said multiple times, is this a kid movie? I feel like the reason why it did not do as well box office is because the people who went to go see it first and were very excited and took their kids had to come home and tell their friends like, bro, my kid did not sleep for three days. They may have enjoyed it, but their kid might've been fucked up. So imagine like you can't, (laughs) this is adult as fuck. And like, even like, I don't know that the Wizard of Oz, when it first came out, the original old white ass one didn't scare kids because imagine a kid seeing themselves like for the first time ever, imagining themselves swept away or like whatever, because though this is based off of a book, seeing it on film is something completely different and the blackening of this was awesome but also they blackened it and made it a slight uh terror like just a little bit not a horror film but like it's a little it's, it's rated a little scary. G's, which i was like you are lying Look, <laughs> <laughs> they are lying like because i literally had to look it up i was like so what is the Wiz rating? Because I remember, not the Wiz, the Wizard of Oz. I remember that's at least PG, at least. Mm-hmm. But I had to See? look it up. And it says, the Wiz is G. So I thought that that was very interesting. Um, I, I do think that the fact that this movie did not hit in box office the way that it did, the fact that they um, they lost so much, but black people kept this alive on theater it's one of the few ones that will come around not it doesn't even take 10 years for there to be another whiz recasting for us to go see it doesn't so as much as it didn't hit in box office we've kept this alive and are you ready for this yes our ranking is an 8.495 because of my dramatic ass out of 10 8.4. That's the first time we've ever had that kind of number. Give it an 8.5 and stop. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So wild. Um, but IMDB gave this a 5.5 out of 10. Blasphemy. And so, you know, usually we do Rotten Tomatoes. This one is ranked a little bit differently because they have the all music, which is ranking the uh, soundtrack. And that got okay. an eight point. That got an eight point seven out of ten. So they recognize deserves anything below a nine, but okay. I don't think so, but I also <laughs> think that they recognize the musical great, like the the cultural impact that the Wiz was, and mm. they just had a hard time being able to like. They probably directly compared this to the movie, and it's not. It's not a remake. It's a rendition. And the way the nuances probably just went completely over their head at that. So this probably yes. wasn't a very good watch for them because they're like, I don't really understand what the Hubelot was for. Like, you could have just watched The Wizard of Oz. You could have just watched it. And mind you, the director of this film is Sidney Lumet. Um, Sidney Lumet was absolutely, I believe this is a white man, but his four best directors are like, he got nominated uh, for five Academy Awards. And these were for um, 12 Angry Men in 1957, Dog Day Afternoon, which I'm familiar with, a movie called, and that's from 75, a movie called called Network in 76 and The Verdict in 1982. He had um, one 
best adapted screenplay and that was for prince of the city in 1981 these aren't other than dog day afternoon these aren't films that i know to be major hitters so for me of his resume the wiz is the one yeah right? definitely and i think that had the people watching it and even now the people who are ranking it have they watched it with keeping in mind that this is not a remake it is a rendition maybe the ranking would have been a little different I want to see specifically on Rotten Tomatoes where it can be user submitted. Um, what the ranking is? Forty-three percent. With user. Forty-three percent. I'm gonna now, see. Let's see. I mean, these are the same people that said Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street was. Come on the now. Coolest thing since like. Trust your opinions on something. Yeah. And so. for um, the audience ranking, it's a 65%, and it is, it is currently trending up. So okay. we've talked Good. about that. Good. We've talked about that where people understand cult classics or they understand the progression of you have to look some of these things, white people, and not just I'm saying white people because I really feel like it's them who's slow to be able to appreciate this type of art, but maybe it was some of the black people too, because I will admit on wax, that this is my first time watching this movie fully through by myself. Same. But, like, I don't think that's... Because I watched the remake, but I, I... This movie is scary, so I could not watch it. Because I could just imagine, like, those little things jumping. So I don't think that's a bad thing because the culture is still there. Like, the way... As soon as I get home with Faith Evans, like, the Come culture will still be there whether or not we watch it or whether or not we're late in watching it. And but I this think is that going in my closet of black movies. It absolutely is. And the fact that, okay, so I've watched it in clips before, but literally anytime I would be with somebody else watching it and I felt my heart beating a little, I would find something else to do. So I've seen the movie, but not fully through. Not only was this the first time I watched it fully through by myself, I think it's the first time I watched it fully through in one setting because I've seen it clips, clips, clips. And had to put it together. So there were transition scenes that I hadn't seen before. There were things that I got scared of that I hadn't seen before. Because I was like, bro, did I walk out before this happened? Because bless. Because now I'm older. At my big yeah. age, I still was like, like you said, is this a kid movie? Because there was multiple times that I said, ooh, pause. Er. So it's the it way was y'all fun, though. I'm grasp like CGI. That freaks me out. Like, I, I and you know what? <laughs> if this, I this was a Technicolor film, I believe, and the brilliance of Technicolor, because boy, that is work. Yeah. That is work. So, yeah, I think that was awesome. Um, that's the episode. Hopefully, y'all understood what was going on with the new format. It's a little bit different, but we appreciate it in time wise for us to We're have had our. Our rant about Queen Bee. <laughs> and appreciate it. It was. So that's us, y'all. This was episode 55. 
Eight. I like that. A whole, five on five. Season, it was a whole bunch yes, of five. Season five, episode 55. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Our next episode is actually going to be Phantom of the Opera. Um, I don't know I if this person's still that. listening. I've not seen this movie, this version of it. We're going to do the 2004 version. Um, hopefully, Nicole, if you are still out there, uh, this was your request. We did hear you, babe. Hopefully, the 2004 one is what you were asking for. Um, because I would assume if there was an yeah. older one and that's the one that you meant after we drop, let us know the, how you felt about the ranking. And if you think that we should do the older one, cause we're open, but Nicole, yeah. this one's, this next one's for you. Yeah. And I'm excited. I've never seen Phantom of the Opera, but the, I've heard some of the songs, but like. I've probably, you know me, I'm always like, I'm like do I know it? And then they play it and I'm all, damn, that's from that. I'm trying to remember if it's in like Italian or something, or if it's like a real opera opera, you know, or if oh. it's like a that's what I'm thinking. So, but it's yeah, sight. Yes. So we'll see okay. you guys next time for episode fifty six on. Yeah, yeah, but oh, 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 that's the new, the next real episode. But the episode between this is oh, going so to be an intermission yeah. episode because it's going to be the WGA Sag actor and writer that we're going to get into. We're going to do research. And we'll drop that before we drop Phantom of the Opera. Yes, so that'll be episode 56. Phantom of the Opera will be 57. Yeah. Gotta keep our numbers up because we gotta remember. Because, <laughs> baby, because the break was breaking, but we back. Love you guys. Thank you again for your support. Bye. Peace.